0: welcome back to the extra podcast and this is episode number 266
1: 266
0: and that is the voice of the one and only Jonathan <laughs> Giesbrecht Welcome here buddy
1: Oh uh, thanks thank you Yeah
0: Yeah good thank to you. have you Yeah yeah hopefully Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> it see. remains to be seen
1: Let's See this is my second go at it I don't know how I got a How I got a recall here.
0: Right. I I actually didn't know this was the second one. I should have asked Greg about the uh, the first round and see how that went down. Greg, you're here too. Hi, Paul. Hey. Um,
2: Hi, Greg. Hey, Jonathan. Hi. So his first episode actually went okay, although I'm going to be honest, he leaned heavily on Kyle.
0: Oh, yeah? (laughs) Him and Jonathan and Kyle. Like his head on his
2: breast. No, I didn't
1: actually lean on Kyle.
2: So, like, episode 263. I emotionally emotionally leaned on Kyle. They had this synergy Mm. between them Mm. that was electric. He's not here today. (laughs) So they were on the same page on, like, they just kept saying stuff like. We finished each other's. Thoughts. And they they kept saying things like, to follow on what Jonathan was saying. And so yeah. it was really... Yeah. It was a, and then it was to a, echo
1: a, Kyle, it was beautiful. It was quite it was, the moment. It was magical.
2: Also, can I just point out that um, the most controversial podcast episode I think we've ever had was the Robot Takeover episode, yeah. 264 and a half. Totally. Which, do you know what we're talking no, about, No, I have no idea. So I was on vacation. I heard about it, and so I listened to it, and <laughs> it's a minute and a half, not even a minute and a half. Yeah. I yeah. Have a robot, the Northview robot. is a robot? Yeah. Yeah. Doing the podcast for us. We used it us. at your
0: desk while you were on vacation.
2: Who's the robot? This is kind of a mystery to me. I'm not even totally, do you know who the robot is, Paul? Mm-hmm. What are okay. you talking about? You should listen to it. 264
1: and a half. Well, I can't right now. I've talked to people but.
2: about it, and some people said, funniest podcast yeah, I've ever heard. Totally. It was awesome. Yeah. They thought it was a great little summer mm-hmm. insert, right? Keep it going. Yeah. Other people said, I've never been so mad at you guys.
0: <laughs> I know. I because of a robot? <laughs> For
2: wasting my ear space.
0: It <laughs> ah, <that> was funny. <laughs> what? No, okay, I played, I'll, I'll I played it. I played it. There's a uh, somebody somebody who I was having a meeting with. And I said, did you listen to the latest podcast that week? And he was like, no, I didn't get to it this morning. You know, normally I listen to it when I wake up in the morning and do my workout, whatever. And like, oh, But I didn't do that this morning. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, let's play it. I said, it's really short. You can listen to it. And so I played it for him. He's like, oh, my goodness. He goes, I'm so glad I didn't uh, turn that on this morning. I would have been so mad at you. What? <laughs> okay.
2: What happened? It was just this robot that came on and was like, everyone's away. So here's oh. a here's a robot doing the episode, so, which was like, How's that local sports team? Here's right. something about the weather. Oh, here's right. a theological question. That's yeah. it. See you later. Yeah. There's like a minute. What's going on with half? the American? The whole election. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It was I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's quite that's good.
2: So but we've already tripled that airtime.
0: Yeah.
1: And it hasn't been a third as funny. Take right. that robot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that was one of his points. He's like, I'm much more efficient and funnier. Apparently. Yeah, so. I blame Greg. Anyway, but the Olympics are going to happen this week. Any thoughts on those? Glad you're not down there waiting in those lineups and missing the events.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because, like, we're missing them anyway, but at least we're not standing in the humid Rio weather uh, waiting for the event that we're not actually going to get into. So this might
2: make me sound lame. But it does. So I like, I went to some live events to the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. Yeah. And that was fun to be a part of the experience. Mm -hmm. But honestly, with all of the options you have for watching all the different events you can do on demand, you can watch like any sports channel that there is, has a different thing going on. Mm -hmm. Is there anything better than to just sit on your couch and scroll through all the events at your own timing (laughs) rather than having to be out and the? actual venue watching one thing <laughs>
1: you know i i don't know i i'd really love to be at that cycling track and watch the bikes come
2: by just once <laughs> yeah
1: totally. that would yeah. be pretty exciting
2: yeah <laughs> or like <coughs> it's watching the swimmers because swimmers gotta swim right
1: yeah yeah you can't keep michael Phelps out of the pool he cannot no
2: he no. must swim so here's no. my thing i'm i'm happy that i can watch it from my couch yeah. in canada mm-hmm. even if it was in canada I think I would probably just watch it on TV again.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I don't see. I would. I could see going to the events of like the the track and field. So you go yeah. watch the hundred meter dash, right? Like there's, live? there's excitement. Yeah. Oh, okay. So live, there's excitement. It's just like ten you seconds. Go, like, oh, you think about the gold medal hockey game. Would you rather have been in, at GM Place watching that or yeah, in? But the gold medal hockey couch?
1: game is longer than ten seconds.
0: Yeah. It's like like I don't know if I could go
1: to a big event to watch a hundred meter dash. Yeah. It's like
2: if you blink too long, you miss it. Or <laughs> if some guy like stands up, right? And I was like,
1: oh no, I missed the whole thing. Four hours of lineups and
0: yeah, but you're talking about like popcorn the popcorn the, the oh. event, the yeah. track and field event of like every four years. Like that's the one that everybody looks at. Like yeah, who cares true. who won all the other medals? Who who cares who got the even like
2: two hundred? So that years. the US
0: wins the medal count every four years. Mm-hmm. Um, who won the hundred meter dash? That's what, that's what matters. Or who won rugby sevens? Well, oh, now there's that. Yeah, mm, mm-hmm. everyone.
1: Out. It's been, yep. it's been pretty cool. I think I'm cool most,
2: much. still most interested in, for whatever reason, I'm still more interested in the women's soccer team. I think because really? of the like tournament they had here in Vancouver recently. There's the local connection with Sophie Schmidt. That's true. Who's mm-hmm. on the team? Yeah. There's a few. I don't know. I just
0: maybe you can. Well, and how they got hosed last time that's yeah, a great totally Canadian expression <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you we got, hey we totally, totally got eh? <laughs> oh, it last game yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. we totally should have won <laughs> But you know yeah. we have
1: to be nice and let someone else win yeah. that's what we do no you know what sport I actually I forget how much I love watching volleyball mm. I love vol, and I forget I, it's weird it's one of those things where if you like name your favorite sports it wouldn't be there but yeah. every time I watch it like watching those like watching a group of like athletes jump up to make a huge block and yeah. stuff the spike it's like oh it's it's you, it's intense you i mean love mostly
2: it. indoor like the not you know i'm, I'm variety? the
1: the beach volleyball is like a different sport entirely yeah, totally. it's you have to be so athletic to do all that jumping in the sand and there's only two of you uh, it's but you know what like watching the men's the men's indoor like a bunch of trinity guys are yeah. a couple steven steven marshall, Steve that marshall that's right that's right anyway watching them watching them play is like oh man I got pumped. I have a little little one-and-something-month-year-old. Yeah. I'm, he's almost one and a half. I freaked him out. It was a massive block, and I like jumped off the couch, and I was like, boom! He did not like that very much. <laughs> oh, He was he looking at me funny for the next 10 minutes, being like, Dad, are you okay?
0: Even your own son isn't used to you. Oh, no. No. Wow,
1: it was it was extra voluminous. Yeah, sure. Is voluminous a word? I like it. Voluminous. Mm, nice. Or is that just a hair thing?
0: I don't know. Me neither. So we had a question come in a few weeks ago uh, that we haven't talked about yet because, honestly, we read it and we were like, what in the world is she talking about? And it is basically uh, about something, some type of theology out there, some type of thought that's called Cosmic Christ. And so her question was, what exactly is Cosmic Christ and what is the connection to this? Or or why, why are there people within our circles following this? And so, and we're like, well, we don't actually know anybody who's following this, so we need <laughs> to look this it? up. So we spent we spend a little bit of time doing a little bit of background check on what this is. What what is I I what is it?
2: So first of Greg. all, here's a uh, little bit of context. I think with the internet <laughs> and with like having one friend who's interested in something creates sometimes in our minds this impression that this is a really widespread thing. Mm-hmm. So I might be just living under a rock, and this is actually a massive movement that I'm just totally right. unaware of. I want to say that at the front end. But I'm also not convinced that what we're about to talk about is like the most pressing thing on the planet right no. now. Like I've I, never I, even heard of it. So here's my right. take on it. The guy's name is Richard Rohr, who's a, he's a theologian. He's uh, probably more well-known for the fact that he has mentored guys like Rob Bell. Who we've talked about in the past Richard sure. Rohr is a guy who is featured on Oprah uh, is influential in Rob Bell's life um, so as unfair as it might seem we can kind of throw him in air quotes that camp yeah for it probably sounds terrible and broad brushstrokes but for the sake of this conversation let's do it um so he teaches something called the Cosmic Christ which, from what I've been able to tell, I've listened to the video that he has explaining it. I've listened to it a few times. From what I'm able to tell, the Cosmic Christ is this idea that before Jesus of Nazareth was incarnate, he existed eternally as the second member of the Trinity, the Son of God, which we're all like, yeah, totally. We're like, yeah, that's for sure. Then he goes kind of weird places mm-hmm. and Who, says, Richard Rohr says, what we've failed to recognize for 2,000 years of church history, which should be your first yellow flag, yeah. is that the Christ event of Jesus of Nazareth was not the first cosmic manifestation of God.
0: And that turns into a red flag.
2: Turns into a red flag. He says, I'm not a pantheist. Pantheism is the belief that creation, the universe itself, is a manifestation of God. Yes. And then he says, but creation, the universe, is a manifestation of God. And this is the the mysterious event of the spiritual and the material forming. And so whenever you have the spiritual and material forming, if it's a a bird or a, a tree or a carrot, you have something mysterious and Christ-ish yeah. happening. So,
1: so, to summarize, what you you're saying is basically before Jesus was was Jesus that we know, all of the universe was a manifestation of Jesus.
0: Well, he he basically is saying that the all of creation is a manifestation of God, and then Jesus shows us like the. In, in a, cool. a very personal yes. way, Yes. Uh-huh. who he is,
2: in a way in which we can now relate and love. As so a he turns
0: bird. he actually turns the phrase Messiah or Christ into something that Scripture doesn't talk about it being. Yeah. So Christ or Messiah is the the savior, the one who is coming to uh, save his people, the one who's coming to uh, pay the price. For our sins—that's like, the definition like, proper. Like this is who the, the Messiah is. Yeah, and what does but he do? With he it? talks about Christ as being uh, this, just this kind of um, uh, mysterious. Uh, well, he says cosmic or this mysterious kind of ethereal mm-hmm. uh, being. And so, yeah, yeah, you've got you've got Jesus existing eternally uh, as the second member of the Trinity, who becomes man. God becomes man. This is the whole. This is why we celebrate Christmas, right? Like the whole incarnation, but he's talking about it like well Jesus or the Christ actually manifested not just as a man, but as all of creation. Mm-hmm. Right. Which so you're conflating the whole the whole creator creature distinction which orthodox Christians view right. as we don't view God as creation or as a part of creation. Right. God is separate.
2: Right. It, and so what So the implications of this for him are that what we do to others, we do to God, what we do to the environment, we do to God, what we we do to ourselves, we do to God, that the, the big issue with Christianity is that we are far too insistent on limiting our understanding of God to just Christian doctrines whereas if we truly understood what Jesus was about we would recognize that all places where the material and spiritual combine are a moment of mystery where god is at work where where there's an opportunity for us to encounter the divine this is pantheism is what he's talking yeah. about and he's using he's he's a, we're going to throw out the term syncretist again the, i just conflating just smushing together two worldviews of Christian doctrine and, and pantheistic doctrine, which is that, that all of creation is a manifestation of the divine. So this is where he gets, or this is how he can get to his universalist leanings. The idea that you don't actually need to convert overtly to specific doctrines about who Christ is and what he accomplished in his life, because the point isn't necessarily that it's to recognize the divine, and mm, engage with yeah. it and relate with it as best you can in the moment. And mm. so the danger with it as a teaching is it just, one, it, it really muddles the scriptures and th- their original intent.
0: Yeah, and well, he even takes that passage from uh, Matthew 25 where uh, Jesus is talking about the, um, well, it's the separation of the sheep and the goats, mm-hmm. where it says that, uh, where Jesus says, uh whatever you've done for the least of these you've done for me and he he twists that and says whatever you do to god you do to others and and when he's talking about god he's talking about this manifestation in creation so whenever we do something negative against creation we're actually doing that against everybody so he's he's twisting the the he he yeah. says that verse in in the opposite language of what it is in the scripture and totally takes it out of context anyway it's it's kind of all over the map um even when you watch the video of him online it it none of it really makes a lot of sense so cuz it's uh, kind of contradicting yeah. himself and
2: he, yeah and at one point he explicitly states that i'm not a pantheist and then the next words out of his mm-hmm. mouth are that creation is a manifestation of yeah. god which is the central tenet of pantheism yeah yeah, yeah. so that shows to me just how convoluted and confusing this teaching is. Where I could yep. see someone referencing it in an attempt to do some, you know, creation care or, sure. or or relating to one another well, and just misapplying things like being stewards of creation, or misapplying things like love one another, or misapplying the fact that God wants to meet us wherever we're at, and just right. misapplying those things, and then building a, a real messy, improper doctrine around it.
1: Yeah. Because the reality is is that the the outcome of his theology probably won't look much different because he's gonna have an agenda about taking care of creation and taking and loving people. That'll be the outcome. Mm-hmm. But his motivation will be quite different than an Orthodox Christian. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I mean, I think we'd all be on the same page where we would say that this would be this cosmic Christ idea would be yeah. a false teaching. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. If so, we're,
1: If we're understanding it correctly. Yeah, totally. If we're understanding <laughs> Which is a long shot. Let's <laughs> yeah, be honest. Totally. It was so confusing.
0: Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. So on that topic of false teachings, if you have an, another listener wrote in. I see what you did in, there. Yeah, this is a segue, buddy. That's we're going to seamless. another question? Yeah, right now. I didn't even notice. Totally. Seamless.
2: Whoa.
1: Do you see a seam there? The guy's good. I don't see a seam. Seamless. Seems. Seamster? Siemens. <laughs> I was going to say seamstress, but Seamster? Siemens? Siem- That's me. Wow.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this so. This has been good. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Okay. So if somebody has a false teaching, hmm. does that totally negate anything that they've taught before? So say they've been Orthodox teaching correct doctrine for most of their ministry, or, or, or you know, they've written a, a couple of early books that look good. Or they've recorded some videos that look good, and then all of a sudden they go off the rails. Does this negate everything they've done beforehand, or can you still take that good stuff that they taught? And then, what do you guys think of that, Jonathan? What do you think?
1: Um, uh, so, I mean, one of one of the one of the principles or phrases I really really like um, is the idea that all truth is God's truth. So, if you have a guy who's a total wacko like totally whack but he says that um what's what's a simple truth that it's important to love your neighbor as yourself but he's a total wacko Hmm. does that mean it's not true because he's a wacko that it's not true that you should love your neighbor as yourself well no no, obviously obviously that's still true even if he's a total wacko Mm -hmm. it doesn't negate the truths that that person says because they're not his truths. All truths are God's truths. The, sure. The question Truth, is, yeah. how do you discern what is true and what isn't? But,
0: but the problem is when you have the guy. So say um, somebody's talking about Confucianism, right? Con- Confucius has all these wise sayings and certain things that sound similar to Proverbs that we have, right? So would you recommend somebody go and read Confucius now because of that?
1: Right. That's a good, And that's, I would say no. Right. I I would also say no wow. just because it's uh, well uh, I would say no because there's we have authoritative truth. Right. And we have the we have the uh, what's the what's the word um, the 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 line the Oh yeah, the plumb line? Uh, plumb line. Is that No, that's not the word. Not the plumb line. Right? I think it is. Is it the plumb line? I think so. We have the we have the standard, the gold yes. standard yes. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So to send someone to Confucius writings, right. There's going to be some stuff in there that's helpful.
0: Right. Now, I think probably what this listener, though, is referring to is somebody mm-hmm. such as somebody we mentioned already, which was Rob Bell. Like a Rob who, Bell. Right. Who had videos who, that were very popular with youth groups and things called yeah. NUMA videos, and uh, they just kind of talked about general truths of Scripture yeah, and allowed you... It started kind of just was basically meant to be a conversation starter. yeah, And a lot of people them used them, school. and a lot of people thought they were really good and everything, and then all of a sudden Rob Bell goes off and starts talking about... You know, um, basically, there being multiple paths to heaven and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So, should we not watch the new videos anymore? Have they been dis? Um, have they been shoved out of the way now because of Rob Bell's current uh, mm. teachings and current stances mm. uh, on things?
2: I think we need to evaluate everything that we hear and read on its own merits. Mm-hmm. So there are things that were said in the NUMA videos that are helpful and that should be judged based on their own merits. I think it's a slippery slope fallacy to say that because watching these could lead to someone misunderstanding this other doctrinal truth. I don't think that that's a helpful way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Although I think wisdom would tell us to not refer people to a known person who's propagating false teaching, who used to have solid stuff. I think it's unwise and unhelpful for us to refer people to their previous work, because then in their minds, they might assume that now that's a, a, a blanket endorsement of that person's of work, right. of their work overall. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I don't think it's bad for someone who knows the whole story or who's just willing to engage with content on the basis of the content that they're engaging with in that moment for them to, to read the work of people like that. Like I'm thinking one example from an Anabaptist perspective to anyone who's Mm -hmm. interested in that kind of stuff is, uh, John Howard Yoder, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who was a seminal voice for Anabaptist studies in a lot of ways. Um, particularly with pacifism and some other things. But what came out later in his ministry and life was that he was prolific in his abuse of his students, particularly female students. Right. And so what you have is this guy who has taught things about peacekeeping and pacifism, and now you have a, a whole community of Anabaptists. I've, I've read other Anabaptists who say, I, I can't reference his stuff anymore in my papers, because when I reference it, when I, when I footnote him mm-hmm. and it says Yoder at the bo- bottom of my page, yeah. people who know about him are like, you're quoting Yoder, right? Like the guy who was prolific in his abuse of others, like that seems sketchy. Mm-hmm. So does his abuse of people nullify the truth he may have taught? No, because the truth has to be based on its own merits. Is it unwise to quote him? Probably. Right because if you can get that same quote or that same idea from somewhere that doesn't have such a messy history mm-hmm. i think you're wise to do so right so i think everything that we teach is going to be judged on the merit of what we're saying um but we don't have to necessarily give carte blanche you know right yeah don't um, read that person because you know the, they're wrong on this point
0: yeah i think that and that goes to that you know that saying we have consider the source right mm-hmm. like you always want to consider who your sources are who you're quoting mm. um, you don't just want to go and and quote somebody just because it it sounds good like uh, people often say like even the false teachers that we would find on TV the tele- televangelists lots of what they say mm-hmm. is true mm-hmm. but then they twist yeah. the, they twist God's word just like Satan did in the garden right he mm. twists yeah. God's word to make it say something that it didn't yeah and it totally negates the rest of his message yeah and so i think greg's right in saying that is it so yeah you might hear truth from one of these from somebody like this but is it wise to continue listening to that person or continue recommending that person's Mm -hmm. books or podcasts whatever it is uh, Mm -hmm. because of the way they tend to twist certain parts of it
1: yeah the reality is i mean Okay, uh, first, let me say I totally agree. I totally agree. But the reality is is that as as believers, we need to be discerning mm-hmm. regardless of who the author is. Mm-hmm. So a Rob Bell Numa video, if you want to watch it, go for it. I've seen most of them. I grew up on them when I was in youth. But watch it with discernment. Like Be mm. wise as you're watching it. Think critically as you're watching it. Does this actually line up with scripture? Or does it just sound like it lines up with scripture? Mm. You should have the same approach when you come... To church on Sunday morning. For sure. You know, we, you two both preach. When Jeff preaches, like, don't just sit there and like uh, open yeah. up like 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 a sponge. Be critical. Be thoughtful. Sure. Are, is what they're saying lining up with Scripture? And chances are it probably will because they work together as a team and they, they ask each other the same question. You guys ask yourselves the same question all the time.
0: Well, but that is, doesn't necessarily
1: yeah. just mean that you sit there like an open sponge and say, anything you say,
0: I will just absorb right like let's be critical regardless of the source sure. this is why when we preach here we we are always uh, basing it on a passage yep. of scripture so we're always letting the scripture guide our preaching yeah we're not just taking our pet topic for the day and then finding yeah. texts that seem to back that up
2: mm-hmm. and if we're wrong there's something to point to yeah there, there's there's something to say this is This is why I think you misread that. Mm -hmm. This is why I think your exegesis on that point wasn't as helpful as it could have been or as truthful as it could have been. You have a source to go to directly, and that's the beautiful part about participating in the local church, is that Mm -hmm. you have access to God's Word in your hand, on your phone, Mm -hmm. that you can, you need to be doing that work, we all need to be doing it when we're hearing our our, our pastors preach we need to be testing what is what they're saying actually making sense of what i read here right because as much as i like them if it's not then we need to have some conversations about that yeah yep
0: yeah. totally and we're totally open to that too
2: yeah that's kind of what started the podcast actually yeah, right one of the main reasons why the podcast started 266 episodes ago
1: 266
2: was just the sheer two, volume two of, of emails that Jeff was getting about the sermons that he was preaching. Mm-hmm. And just the f- basic it just didn't work pragmatically for him to meet with all of the people who wanted to meet with him. And so we turned those emails that he got into podcast questions. And here we are today getting here questions about Richard Rohr.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Who most people listening to this are like, Who is Richard Rohr? Yeah.
0: Right. But to the listener who sent that in, hopefully that was a helpful answer for you today today. Yeah. And uh, for the rest of you folks, um, we need to cut this short today. So not as short as the robot did. Not quite as efficient as the Northview robot a couple of weeks ago. But here we have at least covered a couple of topics. And uh, hopefully you guys are having a good summer. And guys, any last word to sign off? If you
2: want to ask us questions, you can do so at extra at yeah. But we're trying to make our way through them. Yeah. yeah. So no guarantee on when it's going to be as- answered.
0: True enough. All right. Jonathan, any word to Canada for in the Olympics? Uh, we all play for Canada. <clears throat> we all play for Canada? We all
1: play for Canada. I don't. Um, well,
2: we all do. I don't play a sport oh. for Canada. I, that's weird. That's the thing. That's, do you guys not watch? That's almost like...
1: We all play for Canada. We are all Canucks. It's like, no, we're not. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Anyway. Do you okay. know, remember that? Like, Wasn't that from the Olympics two years ago? We're
0: supposed ago? to be shutting this off.
1: Today. Winter Olympics. I and I'm really not good at stopping park stuff. Just aspirant stuff.